0: This is Teachers Talk Radio and you are listening live.
1: Welcome to the morning break. It's Tuesday the 5th of April 2022 and today I'll be talking about technology and content for children. How can you make it interesting and capture the attention of learners and how to make sure it's safe. If you're listening in live, please come and join us.
0: This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TTRadio. Tune in, talk it out, with Teachers Talk Radio.
1: Hello and welcome to the morning break with Graham Stanley. My guest today is Emma Rogers, founder and CEO of Little Bridge, a platform that enables children aged 6 to 12 to connect and learn English together online. And we'll be talking about children's learning and technology in general, as well as hearing from Emma about her own journey. A lot of changed since I used Little Bridge in the Classroom when it first came out. Back then it was a DVD and I used the character and gamified Virtual World as supplementary material for a young learner class I was teaching. The kids loved it and it was a fun way for them to practice their English. So I'm really looking forward to catching up with Emma. Uh, there are so many things that you need to take into account when using technology with young learners. First of all, you need whatever you use to be stimulating enough to capture the learner's attention and motivate them to learn. It goes without saying that the content must be aligned to your learning objectives and outcomes and have solid pedagogical principles underlying your reasons for using it, of course. And then particularly if the technology allows for interaction online with the children, you need to be reassured that solid safeguarding principles are in place so that children won't be exposed to any risk by using it. And that they'll always be in a safe environment. That's a lot. To keep in mind, and so I'm interested in knowing how teachers can be helped to do that, what reassurances they need before choosing to use technology content. I think Emma is well placed to talk about all of this as she's been through the journey to ensure all of what I've talked about is in place. And Little Bridge is also be honoured by uh, with an ELT Innovation award, award or ELTON, the British Council's ELTON for Digital in- Innovation in 2015, and also the year before uh they won the award for best international digital resource issued by bet if you're listening in live and would like to join us today either uh, to ask my guest questions or to comment then please download the podbean app onto your mobile visit ttradio.org and click on listen live on the homepage. this should take you directly into the show there you can post comments and ask questions during a conversation and once i've spoken to my guest i'll open up to any of you who want to call in so just before we go to the news i'd like to make an announcement related to last week's show which featured poems by educators in support of ukraine well alan Maley has been in touch with two pieces of news first of all that the ebook is now available and i put a link on the show notes of last week's uh show and i'll also add the links to today's show's recording uh description as well there'll also be also be a live online event associated with the book and here are the details so the pity of war solidarity event for ukraine on april the 11th 2022 at 5 p.m in the uk and 7 p.m ukraine the poetry reading will be with alan Maley, kim y McCarthy, charlie hadford hadfield jill hadfield sharon sunny fishnu Singh, vahid Nimcha Selim, Sana Khan, Andrew Wright, John Liddy, and Jared Hockmard, and you can register in advance, and I'll share the link, as I said, to register on today's show notes. So now I will be right back with Emma after the teacher talk radio news.
0: aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.wetherslackgroup.co.uk to find out
2: more. Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cat. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondelettersandsounds.org.uk
0: Introducing Bulb. With evidence-based learning at the forefront of education, let Bulb digital portfolios help reshape your educational practice. Bulb helps teachers teach and learners learn. Bulb is an easy to use, fully accessible digital platform that captures students' digital learning assets in one place, allowing them to evidence their learning and reflect on their growth. Our dedicated team of education specialists are on hand to ensure that Bulb fits seamlessly into all of your teaching practices. Come take a look and get a free account at bulbapp.com.
2: Introducing Autism Aspirational Futures a virtual SEN conference for parents and carers. Do you work with parents or carers of students with autism? If so, this free virtual conference from Witherslack Group can support them and you. Providing inspiring talks from leading experts offering practical advice on supporting children and young people with autism and associated needs. This very special event will take place during Autism Acceptance Week and is sure to be an enjoyable occasion for everyone wanting to develop their knowledge, understanding, and celebrate their children's amazing superpowers. Don't miss out! Register for free at witherslackgroup.co.uk today. Witherslack Group, the leading provider of schools and children's homes for children with special educational needs.
0: This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn.
3: In England, the Education Secretary, Nadeem Sahawi, has argued that those in a position of responsibility should be teaching young minds how to think, not what to think. Speaking to Chopper's Politics podcast from The Telegraph, he said, These kids are resilient. They've come through the COVID pandemic, the mistaken closure of schools. They're not snowflakes at all. They are really resilient and I think it's important to remember that. Children, if you teach them to be curious, if you teach them to understand how to filter and rely on quality journalism, and understand both sides of the argument, then you'll be doing something truly great. When asked if children should be able to read racial slurs such as those contained in Harper Lee's To Kill a Mockingbird, Mr. Sahawi replied, Totally. I think it's really important that children are allowed to be able to be curious, to understand where this stuff comes from, rather than create these sort of false filters for them. Mr Sahawi also said he was deeply uncomfortable with people beginning to view everything through the lens of 2022. You don't become a better nation, a more cohesive community, by denying the past, removing the past. You explain the past and you have to explain both sides. In Jersey, Vicky Pallott, a former deputy head, has left her job to set up a mobile well-being service for young people and their families. She is in the process of finding sponsorship to cover the seventy thousand pounds running costs. Vicky has spent twelve thousand pounds of her own money on a school bus, which she is renovating with the help of friend Bradley O'Malley. She said. I think it's important because I wanted to be able to reach children across the island. I've also noticed in the past two years especially that the needs have been raised in terms of support, well-being and anxiety. I am somebody who likes to be proactive and I have spent the last two and a half years designing proactive programmes to support children and their families. And now I'm ready to have those programmes delivered. If it gets the funding it needs, the bus could welcome its first families by the middle of May. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glynn.
0: This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your Tech Briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week I'm going to talk about improving your skills.
4: I listened to the morning show with Dorian Brown last Friday, and he was discussing teachers' tech skills. I'm not here to start a discussion, that's his job. However, this week I investigate, can you get better at tech for free? Is there any CPD out there that doesn't cost a fortune? The answer is yes. There's a lot of online self-paced courses out there and even some supported by bursary funding for cover to get you out of the classroom and trained in school time. So, what did I find? Let's start with free training. Let's face it, the big three companies in EdTech are Apple, Google and Microsoft. So, what do they offer? Apple Teacher is a free professional learning program designed to support and celebrate educators using Apple products for teaching and learning. As an educator, you can build skills on iPad and Mac that directly apply to activities with your students. Earn recognition for new things you learn and be rewarded for the great work you do every day. Sign into the program and work your way through the badges to get your Apple Teacher Certificate. Google for Education offer a free training for educators. Courses range from beginner to advanced, and there's also lots of courses on getting the most out of devices such as Chromebooks. They also have a certified program consisting of educator level one and level two. All resources are free, but if you want certification, it's done through a paid exam. You can also go on to be a certified trainer, innovator, and coach. Microsoft Educator Center offers hundreds of free online self-paced courses for educators. All have a certificate attached and a badge that can be shared. There is also a dedicated educator pathway to become an innovative educator, trainer and expert. All of these are free. If you want to fine-tune a particular skill, there's loads of free training providers out there too. For example, Coursera is an online self-paced course platform that offers free training. If you want a certificate, you'll need to pay. But lots of courses are free and if you don't need proof of completion, go for it. Finally, there's lots of different hubs out there to provide bursary-funded CPD for schools. Computing, Maths, English and MFL to name a few. A great way to find out what's on offer is to contact your local teaching school hub, as they will know what is available in your area. As always, don't forget to check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. Tell us what you want to know about tech. I'm Steve
0: Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your Tech Briefing on Teachers Talk Radio.
1: Hello, and welcome back to The Morning Break with Graham Stanley, and um, my guest today is Emma Rogers, and uh, hello, Emma. I... Hi, hello. Hello. Emma. It worked.
5: Yes, Fantastic. it worked. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes. yes, great. How and, are you today?
5: I'm very good, thank you. How are you? And um, yeah, hello to everyone who's listening.
1: Thank you. Yes, hello, everybody. And uh, I'm very happy to talk to you today. Emma. Um, So I think uh, maybe we can start by just uh, you introducing yourself a little bit. Um, I've already introduced you briefly, but if you could tell everyone listening about uh, you and the e-learning platform for kids that you founded and, and run.
5: Great, yeah. Um, with pleasure. Well, um, yes, as Graham said, um, I'm my name is Emma Rogers, and I'm, um, a founder and CEO of, um, the edtech platform Littlebridge. Um, and I guess the easiest way to describe Littlebridge, but it sometimes raises eyebrows, is what it has become very much is an international uh, social network for young children, very young children, um, six to 12 years as our sort of target age group. Um, I think the important thing is to uh, stress that um, first and foremost, um, we spend a lot of time making sure that this is a very safe platform for children, um, for them to um, reach out and make Uh, friends with anybody around the world who is part of the Littlebridge community but we also do it through the medium of English so you have to use English to connect with anyone else in Littlebridge and of course that means we have lots of people who are learning English um, uh, for the first time and so the other half of the platform if you like um, is um, a, a structured English language learning course um, which is obviously given that it's edtech it's very much um, games-based learning Um, but it is um, very much rooted in um, ensuring that children become confident and happy users of English so yeah hope that describes it. (laughs)
1: Fantastic yeah that's great so Emma I'm interested in in understanding a little bit more about your own professional journey and how you got interested in the world of e-learning edtech and in particular what it was that attracted you to edtech and, and this young age group the six to twelve year olds.
3: Mm.
5: Well uh, I am very proud to say that my journey began um, in a school. Um, I, I was a teacher for um, several years and um uh, yes, I love the world of teachers, and I think that it's um, possibly one of the most underappreciated um, uh, um, professions um, that there are, uh, that there is. Um, but um, uh, I also come from a very entrepreneurial background, both my parents, grandparents, and parents before that were entrepreneurs. So um, unsurprisingly perhaps um, I did step out of the classroom and start to do other things. But um, at heart I think I am a teacher and I still am a teacher. Um, um, So um, so basically, yes, I started in the classroom. I taught both primary and secondary um, level. Um, t- I taught English. Um, and then um, when I had my own children, I have, I'm have. i also a mum of four, um, I moved into the world of children's content, publishing. Um, I publish probably, gosh, over 50 books for children. Um, I also publish some books for Particularly supporting parents who were trying to support their children's learning, um, which was an area that I got very interested in and still am. Um, and then gradually that evolved into getting interested in technology, um, into edtech and the possibilities of edtech, and then finally founding Littlebridge. So, yeah, in a nutshell.
1: Great. Oh, that's really interesting. I think in particular, um, helping parents with their children's learning has become, <laughs> for a lot of people, uh, a lot more important during the pandemic, hasn't it? Absolutely. Uh, this kind of um, really supporting the children uh, to learn as well as they can. And a lot of parents have been thrown into uh, into doing that with support from Ed tech, uh, in particular, if, if the people have access to it, is that something you've seen grow um, with your own work?
5: Oh, I mean, yes. The pandemic was like a massive sort of explosion of interest from from parents, but um, but I'd say it's evolved anyway. I mean um, that you know there has always been um, probably a, a rather neglected um, for all kinds of complex reasons. I think interest in parents in um in how they can help their children um you know not necessarily getting actually involved in the teaching but just simple things like creating the the right sort of environment and atmosphere for children to learn but um but yeah i mean it's definitely on the increase and i think the more um, the more education evolves and becomes less like the kind of um, school environment that we, we, we all know um, and have experienced ourselves. I mean, I'm a true believer that school is rapidly going to, is evolving and it's going to only increase. And the, the role of learning in different places, including at home, um, is going to grow. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I think I'm completely with you. I think this idea of the division between uh, schoolwork and homework um, needs to blur a little bit, if you like. And this idea of of children being encouraged to become more autonomous and take more responsibility for their their learning is, is something that will definitely serve them as they get older, as well. As, I think.
5: Well, absolutely. I mean, just looking at the changing kind of you know requirements for future work. I mean, that that kind yeah. of um, you know uh, independence and um, initiative or whatever you know whatever is the the latest um, kind of buzzword around um, future skills. But um, but but I'm certain that education is going to evolve to to um, to facilitate this and that definitely includes um, learning different learning environments different ways of learning and um, very importantly I guess from my from from what we're doing at Littlebridge is the social element of learning as well. Yeah
1: of course I think um, and I think if there's anything good that's come out of this uh, pandemic and the school closures, etc is this idea of of children actually becoming more used to uh that autonomous learning and 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 getting involved in in doing things on their own really i'd hope to i'd like to think uh, think that's the case anyway i'm not sure if it actually has been with a lot of cases but who knows I
5: i think it i think it has i think um one of the only uh things that uh, perhaps we're not taking enough attention to. I mean, we do hear governments talking about it, but I do still think there's just a massive inequality. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, that's evident in the, the sort of uh, data that's coming out now about children who have genuinely missed out um, yeah. in, in, in their education, whereas there's also lots of data showing children really thriving in this new environment so um i think um all the we need all the minds we possibly can now to think about how we address these what i would describe as new inequalities that that are emerging so yeah
1: yeah if anything i think uh, what's happened has really sort of revealed the the digital divide a lot more as well 100%, in yeah in my Context in the Americas, I know of a lot of examples of uh, you know children who haven't been able to have access to devices or internet mm-hmm. connections, and that's meant mm-hmm. that they've they missed out. I always remember that someone told me about um, a, uh, someone I worked with told me about a teacher in a in a village in Peru who would actually spend his own money on photocopying materials and going round to the children's houses and posting the paper materials through the door doors so they could actually continue with their, uh, their learning, which I thought mm. was quite, uh, quite Amazing. something.
5: Yeah. Amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. when, I mean, when, I mean, it just shows for me, it just shows the importance of having access to the internet nowadays. Mm-hmm. It's almost become something that, uh, that if you do have access to the internet and a device uh, to be able to learn on it, then there's so much available for you um, mm-hmm. to be able to continue with your learning. Whatever happens, isn't there? Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, yeah. I a... mean, it's almost a human right these days. I mean, exactly.
1: Giving... Yeah. More and more so. Yeah. So, yes. what about um, what about using EdTech ed with young children? What What do you think are the main challenges for teachers or for parents uh, that well. exist?
5: As I can start from, you know, answer that question from the point of view of a parent, and that is screen yeah. time. I mean, I yeah. was um, constantly telling my children to get off their devices or, you know, I mean, um, the, um, they're all much bigger now. But um, at the time, they were completely, you know, wired up and hooked on, you know, quite social things sometimes. I mean, as I said, I had four of them, so they quite often used to play together and also play, um, you know, via different um, communities, which also threw up lots of alarm bells for me because i mm. felt that these were communities that were unmoderated un uncurated so i wasn't very happy about that but i think screen time is one of the the biggest challenges because we know we all know um how addictive um you know devices are we're all guilty of that but um but so so i mean again um Going back to, to Littlebridge, I mean, we definitely advocate little and often, you know, um, and in this idea, you know, in other words, we, we don't see it as a as a valuable data point to have kids glued to, to um, the platform for, for hours at a time. That's that's not a goal. So that would be my first thing is just that the, 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 the challenge is to, um, to, to use screen time positively and not overuse it. Um, secondly, again, um, in terms of challenges, it's the, the uh, one we've just been talking about, the, the problems of access, um, both devices and connectivity and the, the, um, the inequalities that you can create yourself by, by you know, by encouraging kids to learn via the Internet and then finding out that an awful lot of them can't do it. Um I suppose the final real um sort of challenge is um focus on news the focus on that needs to happen on usability in other words um obviously age appropriate content um, safeguarding and also just actual the user interface we we did a lot of research on you know the the kind of um most uh helpful and usable interfaces for children of the age group we're targeting. Um, because although obviously children are very screen savvy, um, there are still things that you can do um, that, that improve usability and then obviously help to improve um, your Um, outcomes and meet the objectives that you've set. So yeah, they've been the biggest challenges and the things that we feel we're always on a kind of continuous learning journey for that.
1: Yeah, I think what you say about safeguarding is really interesting. I'd love to hear, you know, some of the things that you've learned about safeguarding with, you know, safeguarding children when they're using uh, Mm -hmm. online content Mm -hmm. technology, uh, such Mm -hmm. as the platform that you you have. What are the kind of main risks that you've found and things maybe that have surprised you that you've had to deal with?
5: Yeah I mean well let me just start from the point of view of you know I absolutely believe that there is nothing we can do to um, stop this this transformation of um of society and like you know and um, s- social connection through the internet is here to stay um yeah. but it's up to us whether we turn that into a positive or we just you know national wail about the the negative side of things um having you know i mean having said that again you know i am horrified when i look at um how easily children can access m- adult social media you know it is horribly inappropriate and it shouldn't be happening yeah. Um, yeah. the focus is usually on the gateway and we certainly focus on the gateway in other words when a person let's call them a person a user signs up there's a lot of talk about oh you know we ask them for age verification and there are some you know some very interesting companies now who, who work on sort of user identification and that kind of thing the bottom line is no one has found a hundred percent safe way of closing that gateway. Mm. I mean, we we always ask for either a teacher verification or a parent verification. But again, this doesn't take much to imagine how someone who is hell bent on um behaving badly um in the on the internet can get around those um so the next area that's so you know even more important i believe than the gateway is what actually happens once a child is is in the sort of play arena of a piece of technology and that's where a really, really, really vigorous moderation is required, and I think it 's why um, lots of people have, you know including the big social media companies have been put off um, taking kids. Um, seriously is because it is a big investment it's probably the biggest investment um, that littlebridge does and we have a mixture of machine moderation so using artificial intelligence but also we have human moderators 24/7 um, and on top of that we have a weekly review of um, every post that has been made so you know to and that we we do um, just to ensure that uh, any new moderators who are joining us are absolutely conforming to the rules and the guidelines. And secondly, the, the obvious risk of moderator fatigue, we call it, um, when things could be allowed to slip through. But um, I, I'm always nervous about saying this, but we have a very good track record and we, yep. we catch everything. And the, the downside for the user is that there's a slight delay so it's not instant messaging, as you might yep. experience in something like, I don't know, WhatsApp or Insta or whatever. Um, but we think that that's a price worth paying, that, that the posts are reviewed before they appear. So it's not that they appear and then they're removed, um, although we can do that if, if something slipped through. But basically, they're moderated before they appear. And um, I think that's critical, um, but, as I said, um, putting in that effort, I think is very much worth it when you look at the the results, and maybe we can talk about the positives as as well later. Oh yeah,
1: definitely i'm I'm completely with you. I think the benefits mm-hmm. of providing this kind of international social space for children to interact mm-hmm. is um, uh, I'm with you there, I think you know the way forward. I think it's something mm-hmm. that that uh, we all find ourselves doing more and more of and Mm -hmm. i'm sure that it will be very beneficial for children to start and and early and try to get to grasp with that idea of uh, socializing online uh, Mm -hmm. internationally i think definitely
5: well i mean i think also again putting it in the context of you know the future and the future of work you know international collaboration again is here to stay Um, and bringing up children to be you know positive um you know uh, well behaved if you like um yeah. online citizens um is something that i feel kind of driven to to try and achieve so yeah
1: yeah definitely and and as you you said you know with respect to your own uh children as well i think there's a role that parents need to play mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. uh you know more and more um I don't think parents can can kind of um, just leave it up to the school and the teachers to look after this. I think particularly as the access to the internet is you know mm-hmm. to a large yes. extent from home, they need yep. to pay play that role very yes. and take take care about how what children are doing at home and uh, I always remember um, someone telling me that the best advice that uh, that you can do with children and access to the internet, et cetera, is, is put the, the machine, the computer, for example, in the social space in the home and actually mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. make it part of family life, I think, mm-hmm. rather than them going away to their bedrooms and doing whatever yeah. they may be doing behind closed doors. And, yeah. and the, the younger the children, yeah. the more important that is, isn't it? Yeah.
5: Absolutely, I think that, and um something we always um, try and make sure that we've we've communicated with parents is you know t- put on all the safety settings on your devices you yes. know, I think that the um, the manufacturers could do a lot more to make that more intuitive and, you know, and if you like, in your face for for someone um, setting up a new device. Um, But um, it is possible to to do that. And it's just, um, I think, a a lack of communication rather than a lack of will. That means most parents don't do that and aren't aware of that. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. So... Um, games and play, you've touched upon it, uh, Emma, mm-hmm. but are the, they're at the very heart of your platform. I, mm-hmm. I'd love to hear more. Of, I'm particularly interested in, in using games uh, for learning and teaching. So, do you, I mean, how? what do you think about game-based learning and gamification and, you know, mm-hmm. whether that should play more of a significant role in teaching and learning than it does at the moment in most classrooms? How do you feel about it?
5: Yeah, I mean, again, going back, you know, I'm I'm certainly not one to preach to teachers, but I do um, I do want as much as possible to encourage them to explore um, games based learning. I mean, game I, I kind of make a slight distinction in that yeah. I believe that games based learning, as opposed to gamification, is is the the kind of purposeful. Um, Kind of side yeah. of 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 technology, um, you know, where you can set out some very clear objectives and and measure outcomes and and you know and set up this kind of learning cycle, this circle, if you like, that that um, um, that that I think edtech is so so good at at, at offering. Um, I think you can use it to reinforce very positive behaviors. Um, um, I think uh, that you uh, the the one of the greatest things about a child learning something um, through edtech is, um, and I, I mean it's the opposite of what I was just talking about the social thing, um, in other words, the communal thing. But there's yeah. also this private side of learning with edtech because you you have this space to um, take risks that that don't actually have any real world consequences. You can fail very quietly in private um, and really good games based learning um, is applying pressure to help you to be m- motivated to succeed um, without kind of stressing you if it, you know, and that, I think that's one of the things that I find is you've got to be careful with gamification because there are lots of studies that show that that just kind of builds up stress. You know, people get sort of, you know, I don't know if you've ever played, I'm sure you have, games yourself. Yeah. And um, the, the really successful in inverted commas are the ones that really kind of wind you up and drive you to, I must do better, I must do better, I must be... And I think the thing about games based learning is you can take some of that, but you can you can moderate it and mo- modulate it to to give that little little injection of adrenaline and 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 you know and reward that nice feeling of yes I've achieved something and at that point that can then become public so that social thing again um, and. Then you know there's also um, the opportunity for knowledge sharing um, within with edtech, and that's great. But the the when you're talking about the individual user, I think that private space to try something and see if he can do it and try it again um, and do it privately is also very, very um, you know very unique in a way to to um, digital learning. Um, one of the most interesting comments and most frequent comments that we track in Littlebridge is children simply putting out the word "Can you help me with my English?" And whenever hmm. I, I see that, I go, "Yes, <laughs> you know that—that's exactly um, what you know what we set out to do." And and we have lots of English speaking children in the platform and they pile in and want to help someone who's learning English. And that, that's brilliant. But again, it's, it's in the hands of the user to ask for that help and, and see what happens sort of thing. So yeah. Um, we do use leaderboards because we think they're motivating. But again, we modify them and we make sure that there are ways that children can succeed. It's not only about getting top scores. So, yeah, um, lot there's so much to learn from the, the gaming industry, but, but I don't necessarily think that everything that might be used in a, in a kind of commercial game is right for, for ed tech.
1: Yes, no, I completely agree with you, Emma. I think, I think as you say, some of the things you've touched upon there, uh, mm-hmm. I think are really important. This idea, of, I think, one of the great things about games in general is, is they encourage uh, gamers that if they fail, to start again, to try again, to try harder, to look for a different way of doing something, mm-hmm. and that sort of very positive cycle. I think of um, it doesn't matter if you fail. What mm-hmm. you do is you start again and you think about doing something in a different way. And mm. games that are not even, don't have anything to do with education. They encourage that kind of behavior, which they I think do. is quite yeah. an interesting thing. Um, it's a good, good strategy for life really i think
5: yeah and, absolutely yeah, yeah absolutely if you fall down then pick yourself up and try again but i also think it also um falls on you know companies like ours to make sure that we are offering lots of a- alternative lots of approaches yeah. we're not just saying oh useless start at the beginning do it no. all again you know that, that that we're taking into account and obviously employing AI to, to analyze user behavior not just to then kind of put pressure on people but to figure out okay they need to perhaps look at this from this angle because it didn't quite work which is basically what a good teacher is doing but unfortunately in a, in a classroom with however many students it's not always that easy to give that amount of individual attention.
1: Yes, of course, and what you said about gamification, I think is really important. this idea of not just having one um one way of recognizing success if you like. Yeah. so I think the best games for me don't have just uh, you know you know it's not just about earning points uh but you have all sorts of different achievements that recognize different aspects of the way someone may, may choose to play or in our case may choose to learn, you know, mm-hmm. the levels. And it's not just about levels and points on a, on a flat way, that you. there's only one way of recognizing success. And I think what you've just said about, you know, having that social collaborative aspect mm-hmm. to it as well in that that attracts people who perhaps are not in it just to, you know level up or get points but actually to to really learn and socialize with people um as mm-hmm. they go along which i think is yeah. really important
5: absolutely absolutely yeah um and i mean anyone looking at the, some of the comments in the community will see that we don't we don't hold people to you know you absolutely must get this spelling right um, grammar right we we we're very much focused on can you communicate with another person in English so that they, they understand what you're saying. And, and, you know, we'll worry about the spelling and the punctuation later and we'll reward you obviously, if, if it is a really well expressed post, but, but that's not the primary motivation. So yeah.
1: Of course. So, um, On your LinkedIn profile, Emma, Mm -hmm. you describe yourself as an advocate for female entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. who loves to see new talent flourish and young leaders grow. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that side of your professional life.
5: Yeah, well, I mean, gosh, when you read it back to me, it sounds so pompous, and I don't mean. (laughs) No, not at all. all. (laughs) I think
1: I think it's Um, a very positive thing to say.
5: Uh, Well, it comes again from my own journey. You know, when I first started working in technology, I can't tell you how difficult it was, um, because it it was such a male environment. It was so difficult to convince people that the idea that I had and that. know that i wanted to pursue was was worth doing and um i mean i i must admit i mean my my first reaction was well okay if you can't beat them join them um and uh and i taught myself some very very basic coding skills so at least i could talk their language um but i'll caveat that by saying i do not code anything to with our current platform i'm not nowhere near good enough but it was almost to learn the vocabulary and then Little by little, as I became, I suppose, more confident, I just thought this isn't the right way to do this. What what should be happening is there should be more female coders and more yeah. female technologists. And um, obviously, there are lots of um, companies now who absolutely focus on, you know, helping girls to code and and uh, you know, getting more women in into tech. Um, But as a result of that, any time I have the opportunity to either um, promote within Littlebridge or indeed to, um, you know, support in any way outside of the company um, a a, a female, um, then, then, yeah, that, that is absolutely, you know, I mean... I, I try not to make it so that, oh, you know, so biased. I'm not recognising the young male talent that's coming forward because obviously there's that as well. It's the kind of young people in general. Yeah. I, I, but but I do think that um, that there are so many good things that women can bring to the, the kind of slightly um, shiny, hard um, image of technology that um, that anything that I can do um, to, to support to support them and certainly within the within Littlebridge where it really is it within my power to encourage and support um young women to to develop then yeah um that's that's why I, I try and do
1: of course yeah that, that sounds great and and of course being being CEO I think you're in a great position to encourage that uh, mm-hmm. as well um mm-hmm. from within
5: yeah it's so, so absolutely a privilege yeah
1: so I really like this idea of um of you deciding that what you needed to do is get a flavour of coding, uh, even if you didn't uh dive very deeply into it. I mean I really think that's a great idea for anyone who is trying to be able to communicate with people with different skills, et cetera, to really get their hands dirty, if you like. Uh mm. And I think,
5: well, um, uh... as I said, there's lots of really fun ways of doing it these days. You know, you don't have to go into a sort of full on technical course, but, you know, there, there are, there are lots of platforms, um, you know, surprise, surprise, um, uh, edtech is the way I think to do it again. Um, yeah. but you know, there are, there are lots of, um, lots of places now where you can, um, you know, just just go in and and do some very sort of basic fundamental training and understanding and then who knows i mean um you may you may decide that this is definitely the the life for you sort of thing but um but yeah it's uh it's it it, it didn't it started like a huge mountain to climb um, when i first thought about it but actually um it was a, it was pretty it was pretty fun basically so Definitely would encourage anyone to think about um, at least dipping your toe in, and uh, yeah, getting into the getting into the, to to a certain extent the mindset of of a coder, which is very specific, I think.
1: Yes, yes, I think I agree. I've, I I when when the internet first came out, I I taught myself HTML mm-hmm. and starting started you know building small websites and stuff yep. just to kind of get an idea it, i knew it wasn't something that i would dedicate my life to but mm. i think just getting an idea of how it worked uh, has really served me very well That yes. kind of bridge between uh between education and and sort of more technical mm. stuff um is something that has uh has been very useful for me, I think. But um, I think what what you said, I think, is really interesting. I'm I'm very encouraged by uh, the popularity of computational thinking now as a subject, Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. particular for primary children. And I've seen it, certainly in the Americas, become more and more uh, a popular thing to do. And looking at what they're actually teaching, it's not about computing as such. It's about trying to um, approach all sorts of different problem solving um, in a, from, a, from a different kind of point of view that would encourage a behavior that if someone a, ch- a child wants to then go into more mm-hmm. technical computing mm-hmm. or programming, et cetera, and then it would definitely help them. I yeah. don't know if you've come across that at all.
5: Absolutely. And I mean, you know, I can give you another example from just sort of our daily life is that when we're looking at a a new uh, challenge, if you like, or problem, we're looking for a solution. um, And we tend to involve everybody from different aspects of the company. And it's very interesting looking at um, the technical or the technician's approach to that problem as opposed to... uh, um, if you like the business side or the design side um, and what I've learned is that it is a very specific type of creativity it really is um, it's as you say computational thinking um, really is uh, you know um, a, a really interesting approach to um, Uh, if you like, a life problem or, you know, in our case, a sort of product issue or whatever. Um, So I think it's great. And I think it also uh, um, feeds back into this, what are the new skills? What are the skills that the children, you know, the the youngsters of today are going to need um, for their life of, you know, the world of work ahead of them? Um, And I would say computational thinking. Is, is definitely one of those skills.
1: Um, yeah. Of course, yeah. I just want to say to everyone, we've got quite a lot of people actually um, listening live today, which is very encouraging. I think I can see um, 19 uh, people listening in live, which is which is excellent. If any of you who are who are here on the app would like to call in and ask uh, Emma a question, or you know, share your own experience of this? Then please let me know in the chat, and we can bring you bring you in um, in the in the ten minutes or so that we have left. Great. That said, um, what about advice for teachers who are listening? Um, who either live or uh, to the recording, who might have an idea that they think they can turn into a business. Mm-hmm. And where, where, where should they start, Emma? What, what additional skills do you think they need, um, particularly if it's, if it's something that would require EdTech?
5: Yeah, well, I mean, um, there are lots of teacherpreneurs these days. um, And as I said, myself, I I came out of teaching um, and into edtech, just taking that sort of side swipe at at, uh, children's content and publishing before I got there. But um, I think teachers are great great at identifying problems and coming up with solutions. They do it every day in their work. And so it's not surprising that um, they... You know, many of them start to think, hey, is this this the idea for a, you know, a, a real a business, if you a business idea? Um, I think one of the things that um, uh, teachers are very good at is the research side of things. So yeah. uh, my first yeah. advice would be, you know, absolutely um, deep dig deep into the research around the problem that you've identified and the solution, because, um, you may well find that, um, well, actually someone else is working on it in a, and that is not to say that that means you shouldn't, but if you find that, you know, it's very, the solution that someone else is coming up with is very close to your own. um, then that might be a reason not to fling yourself a hundred percent into it. But, um, but on the other hand, um, uh, I, I, I and I guess the other thing i 'd say is just test test test, talk talk, talk, you know get get lots yeah. of people mm-hmm. to give you feedback don 't be afraid to share your idea um it 's not you know that people say well i don 't want to talk about it because someone else might pinch that idea but i 'm saying no, 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 no don 't do that talk, get people 's feedback because one thing you do want to avoid is putting all your energies and you know your life and soul into something that turns out to be a very niche thing because that will just you'll just have problems um you know later on um i think um uh don't be afraid to fail we talked about that in in relation to students but i think um that was one of the lessons that i learned very quickly is you know conquer that fear of failure you know it's better you know to have tried and failed than not try at all Um, but mitigate that as much as you can as i say by um if at all possible create some kind of what we call a minimum viable product something that you can test and get feedback and talk to other people and surround yourself with people um, basically who you think or suspect are are better at things than you are but you know i mean um, again don't be afraid to have people who who you kind of look up to in terms of their, their their particular skill or their life experience? I mean, in other words, you know, I always think of it as like, but surrounding yourself with a kind of comfort cushion because one thing is sure that it is a it is a long haul. Um, you have to be committed, truly committed, um, and. Uh, having that sort of community around yourself, you know, is, is so important and unsurprisingly community is the thing that I come back to. And I think it's really important, but ultimately, if you've got an idea and you've got the appetite to pursue it, then I would definitely say, give it a go. You know, I mean, I, I stumbled and continue to stumble so you know so much of the time but when i think that i don't regret one minute having taken the the plunge so yeah that sounds like (laughs) it's pretty broad advice but um but yeah i think it's the best i can offer
1: yeah no that sounds like it's very good advice indeed and uh i'm sure people will be very teachers will be very encouraged from that so Emma, I think um, we're moving towards the end of the show now, we're running out of time. But before we leave, I'd like—I've got a couple of things I'd like to ask you about, if if we have time, and I may. Um, one of the things would be, you know, other ed tech that's caught your eyes. Uh, someone who is very much involved in uh, in the ed tech world, um, mm-hmm. I'd love to hear from you if you've sort of spotted any other sort of educational technology that you think. Um, Ooh, that's interesting. It doesn't have to be for children, um, mm. but in general, is there anything mm. in particular that you've seen recently that you think uh, is worth keeping an eye on or investigating further?
5: Well, uh, I mean, there are so many things, and you know, I I, um, I meet other founders, but also, um, you know, I just explore on the internet and find things that are are really interesting. Um, we talked a little bit about um you know girls coding um there's a there's a a really interesting platform called it's got, it's got a strange name erase all kittens um <laughs> which is a, a games based um experience for um girls um learning to code um and oh, wow. i definitely think they're worth a look um uh there are also some really super i mean this is um taking so, so that's very much games-based ed tech in the, in the traditional sense of a, a computer game and a, 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 a whole kind of creative world um, um, for, for helping girls code. And then at the other end of the scale, I suppose, there are platforms like Tassami. I don't know if you've come across that, which is no. a It's a sort of, um, it's kind of like a, a revision and support um, app for older children, so we're talking here children facing. How, how do you exams. spell that, Emma? Tassamai. yeah,
1: Tassumai. it's
5: T-A-W-S-O-M-A-I, and they yeah. are, um, yeah, they're, they're you know they're super interesting in terms of again um, helping children prepare for exams, helping children. Uh, um, I say children, I should say students, because they're very much targeting a yep. sort of secondary age group. Um, but they're also, you know, helping helping them consolidate learning. And they go across um, several subject areas, um, including English. So, um, yeah, they're interested. There are so many, and we probably need a whole show to talk about. Of
1: course. <laughs>
5: the, the many, many, <laughs> many. But it's, 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 a, it's a very flourishing and healthy sort of... Um, environment i think ed tech at the moment i think it you know it you know people have learned a lot over the last 10 years and i think what we're seeing coming now is is really really interesting and um uh yeah hopefully gonna really um help teachers do the amazing job that they do
1: yes definitely i think in particular there seems to be a lot of really interesting ed tech coming out of the uk at the moment as well from can tell Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that something yeah, yeah. you think is true? No,
5: no, definitely. Um, and I should just sort of throw in a plug for you know sort of the edtech um, support network. Like, for example, I mean, we we worked with um, UCL on the Educate program to um, to do some really interesting sort of academic research on. Um, the, our chosen methodology and the importance of the social yeah. side of learning um, and those kind of opportunities for edtech founders teachers again who have a great idea um, to go out and test their idea within a kind of structured framework it's definitely um, something that I would recommend
1: yes now I think that's so important isn't it to be able to have that link between research and innovation exactly
5: uh, exactly the
1: beneficial you know link between them i think is so important uh, for yep. progress
5: yeah super important yeah yeah i mean we learned so much we learned so much about working methods but also you know surprised ourselves at, at how much we um i mean it sounds obvious but you know having collected I should hasten to add, anonymously, lots and lots yeah. of data about how our platform is being used. Being able to then learn how to properly interrogate that data for the benefit of of the user experience um, was just um, fantastic. So, yeah.
1: Of course. So I think just time for one more question. I'd love to hear from you, Emma, what you think... Um, is not the future but a possible future for edtech content and children what do you think is coming down the line that you're preparing for if you don't mind sharing that with us
5: well as i sort of hinted at the beginning i do think we're on the cusp of a revolution in education i think that the the we've seen sort of classrooms evolve obviously um but there are still, in many parts of the world, where children are behind desks and the teachers at the front, even if they have got now an interactive whiteboard rather than a blackboard. But I think, um, I think that, that this whole uh, uh, change towards learning anytime, anywhere, um, ed tech is going to play a critical role in that. I mean. I have a a kind of dream of um, there being some kind of device that actually becomes um, the child's learning buddy um, Mm. that is connecting children to all kinds of sources of of information and learning, um, but also connecting them with each other, connecting them with great teachers, which means that schools themselves... um, are less organized in terms of classes and timetables in that way, but are much more offering sort of learning experiences. But having said that, I am very much aware that, that you know, that this is not just uh, what I'm not advocating is just sort of random learning. But I'm, yeah. I'm saying EdTech has the possibility of of channeling learning and and really exploding um the 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 world for children you know the the idea that edtech can provide a window on the world for every child to me is is probably the most exciting thing so yeah uh yeah lots of lots of very interesting possibilities i think uh, are beginning to 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 seem a bit less like a fantasy um and you know the metaverse obviously which i I mean again much too big a topic to just but i will mention it is is i think something that is going to become more and more important is going to transform all kinds of um things that we take for granted not just education so yeah
1: Yes, uh, I, keep, I keep hearing more and more about the metaverse um, yes. as time goes on. I think it, it will become important, um, but it, it seems very intangible at the moment, it, Seems to be very difficult to sort of pin down what it actually is is going to be.
5: Yes, but, uh... it, I mean, yes, it does. Um, but again, I think that it is beginning to take shape now, and I think it's so important that teachers, as far as education uh, are concerned, are engaged in the um, the the if you like the development or the evolution of the metaverse, because as you say, I I do believe it's going to transform education. Um, but I think we have to again be sure that it's doing it in the way that that um, you know is has real purpose and and value.
1: Yeah, I think it's very important for us uh, as teachers to become engaged, um, all educators to to be able to have a say in in the development of 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 this, particularly as it becomes more and more important and touches upon different aspects of life, including life uh, that affects us in schools.
5: Absolutely,
1: absolutely. So Emma, we've run out of time. I want to thank you very much for, for joining me today. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Never have enough time to go into detail about, uh, about subjects, but I have really, uh, really enjoyed talking to you and, uh, and, and learned a lot. So thank you for joining me today.
5: Thank you for having me and um, thank you for everyone who's taking the time to listen. And uh, yeah, I mean, if anybody does want to reach out, then please use my LinkedIn. um, And um, yeah, I'm always happy to meet uh, fellow fellow thinkers, fellow teachers. So yeah. Brilliant. Thank you so much.
1: Excellent. Thanks Emma. So that brings us to the end of today's show, everybody. Thank you very much for listening um, and a special thank you to Emma Rogers, Emma, for your time and sharing your expertise with us. Now, remember, there are Teachers Talk radio shows all week, and the next show, I believe, will be with Lucy Neuberger at 6 p.m. GMT, or 6 p.m. UK time. I'm not able to have a show next week, as I'll be on a plane flying from Mexico to the UK, but I will be back the week after next uh, at the same time. So bye for now.